0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF PART THREE OF THE BROWNING VERSION When the Gilberts are gone, Millie's aggressiveness is no longer passive. She expresses bitter assuredness that Gilbert will be a success, and says spitefully that he won't leave without a pension. She observes with annoyance that Crocker Harris appears ill, and she reminds him with indifference that his medicine is there if he needs it. To Crocker Harris's surprise, Taplow returns to bring him a book. It is a verse translation of the Agamemnon by Robert Browning. He is still more surprised that Taplow bought it with his own pocket money, is giving it to Crocker-Harris as a gift, and inscribed it with a thoughtful tribute to a good teacher taken from the text itself. Though Crocker-Harris tries desperately to control his emotion, this gesture causes him to break down and sob uncontrollably. Moments later, Frank Hunter returns, and he is puzzled when he takes in Taplow's startled face and Crocker-Harris's obvious emotion. Crocker-Harris shows him the gift and reads the inscription, God from afar looks graciously upon a gentle master. Frank Hunter calls it very pleasant and very apt, but Crocker-Harris protests that it is very pleasant, but perhaps not so very apt. Seeing Crocker-Harris again overcome with emotion, Frank gestures to Taplow to leave, and looks at Crocker-Harris with embarrassment and sympathy. Crocker-Harris expresses shame at having made such a fool of himself in front of them both, and confesses that he was touched by such a kind gesture coming so soon after. He doesn't finish the thought, but it seems clear that it would conclude after being called the Himmler of the Lower Fifth. Then Millie comes in, and Frank tells her about the book. Immediately after Crocker-Harris admits that he would rather have had this present than almost anything else, she laughs and calls Taplow an artful little beast. When her husband asks her to explain, she says that she had walked in on Taplow imitating him and suggests that the book is nothing more than a bribe. After standing a moment in silence, Crocker-Harris takes his medicine bottle and moves through the door to his room. When they are left alone, Frank expresses horror at her behavior, and when she defends her actions, he tells her definitively that things are over between them. At first, she lightly laughs it off. Then, sensing he is serious, she assumes a strong posture and says he can't scare her. And finally, realizing he really means it, she resorts to abject pleading. When Frank tells her to go tend to her husband, saying he has been about as hurt as a man can be— Millie objects that he isn't a man at all, and that you can't hurt him because he's dead. When Crocker Harris comes back in, Millie goes out, and Frank takes the opportunity to restore his belief in the sincerity of Taplow's gift. He tells him that while it is true that Taplow was imitating him, he also said that he liked Crocker Harris very much. Crocker Harris, who is already withdrawn back into his shell, tries to dismiss the whole matter as silly. Frank is about to leave when he resolves first to offer Crocker Harris some advice. He tells him plainly to leave his wife. When Crocker Harris asks if that is so he can more easily carry on his intrigue with her, Frank is horrified to learn that Crocker Harris has known of the affair from the beginning, learned of it from Millie's own lips, and has welcomed Frank in his home nonetheless. In the face of this revelation, Frank feels more than ever a sense of bitter shame and an urgency that Crocker-Harris leave Millie. When Frank suggests that she is out to kill him, Crocker-Harris says that if that was her goal, she had fulfilled it long before. Then he tells Frank that to leave her would be to add a grave wrong to one he had already done her in marrying her in the first place. He says that they are both to be pitied, because each needed from the other something that neither of them could give. With his characteristic repressed formality, he talks about their two kinds of love, hinting that her version takes a physical form, while his, which he believed the greater part of love, is spiritual in nature. Frank, unmoved by Crocker Harris's self-reproof, tells him again to leave Millie this time prompting Crocker Harris to lose his temper and shout at Frank to please go. Frank agrees, but he says he'd like to come visit Crocker Harris at the Crammers. Crocker Harris tries to dismiss the suggestion as absurd and disingenuous, but Frank overcomes him with persistence. Frank turns to go, but first he asks Crocker Harris whether Taplow has gotten his remove and whether he can tell him so. In a first glimmer of reawakening, Crocker Harris says that Taplow has, and that Frank may. That glimmer burns brighter when Millie comes in, and Crocker Harris informs her that he will not be joining her in Bradford. When she replies that he need not expect her in Dorset, he declares that neither of them has the right to expect anything further from the other. Then the headmaster calls, and we are able to piece together from Crocker Harris's side of the conversation that he has decided he will speak last at the prize giving ceremony, as is his privilege. And then the play comes to an end. Perhaps this small assertion of will is somewhat of an anticlimax, but as Crocker Harris tells the headmaster, sometimes an anticlimax can be surprisingly effective.